Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. This is going to be a tough day uh, for me. It's going to be an exciting day. Uh, and I think the same goes for two amazing people that I'm going to call on the stage right now. So I'm going to bring Chris and Heather up here right now. Hmm? Yeah, yeah. And their kids if they want to. I don't know if their kids are going to want them to be, but. While they do that, here's the thing. Planting a church uh, is not easy. It's, it's, it's not easy, is it? Okay, perfect. Chris wanted me to plant a church after I got here, and I said no. Um, if you want me to plant a church, uh, I'm going to have to go somewhere else because uh, it's scary and it's really, really scary and it's hard and there's a lot of risk involved and there's a lot of just uncertainty that goes along with it. And 11 and a half years ago, about 12 now, you felt the stirring that, you know what, we're supposed to do something. We're supposed to plant a church in St. Francis and, uh, that's scary. And so here's what I'm going to say. I know the Vincents give all the glory to God. All the amazing things that have happened in this building and outside of it is 100% attributed to the Lord because he's the one who brings the harvest. He's the one who does amazing things. But at the same time, God uses people. And a lot of times God's faithfulness comes through the obedience of people saying, yes, I will go, I will do, I will do the things that God's calling me to do. And so they would never ask me to do this but I just think it's a testament to, to God's faithfulness and the obedience of people who say yes. And so if you've been impacted by one of these seven people on stage in a profound way, would you just raise your hand right now? You can put them down. These are some amazing people. And it's surreal uh, that they're not going to be here tomorrow. Uh, I, I sure hope so. No. But when I walk into the building tomorrow and, and, and there's not a, a Chris Vincent on my office door anymore, it's going to feel really weird. But what a way to celebrate and to honor seven people this morning. Because guys, it's not just your mom and dad. You were along the ride too. Yeah. When everybody else was at home or at a football game or doing something, you were here. You were scraping glue off the floor. You were giving up your mornings and your nights. And so when we celebrate the church today, it's not just mom and dad. It, it's, it's all of you. And we're proud of you and we're thankful for you. Because this church would not be what it is. This church would not exist without you saying yes. And so this morning, we're going to honor these amazing people at the end of service. We're going to honor them in so many ways. But they're going to go suffer for Jesus in Florida. 
I wrote them a card this morning, and it was I have three pages of really heartfelt stuff, and I printed it out because I knew I wouldn't be able to write it down. But in the actual card I wrote, don't send me any beach pics. Love you guys. Because you know you're going to send me some. In January. Thank you. There's no drama. There's no reason. No ulterior secret. God's faithful and God called. God called the Vincents of St. Francis to plant the Bridge Church. He's calling them out to go and do something else. And so if you're looking for for some drama, there's not going to be any. But you're going to find seven people who are dedicated to living their life for Jesus every single second of every single day. And that's who we honor today. So will you do me a big favor? You don't have to extend your arm if you want, but I'm just going to keep the stage clear for just us so we can just kind of give you guys some space. But if you're comfortable, if you want to extend a hand out, we're going to pray for them right now as we transition to this day. I just want to pray and honor them as they go into what's next. So Heavenly Father, I thank you for Chris and Heather. I thank you for JC and Isaac. I thank you for Levi, Justice, and Silas. I'm thankful, God, that you are the one who called them to plant this church. Lord, this church has been a blessing to me. It's been a blessing to this community. This church, Lord, has been the vessel for you to meet people where they're at and bring life change. So God, we honor you today and we love you for your faithfulness because Lord, it's you that gets all the credit. It's you who brought all the good things. And so God, we honor you today. But Jesus, we also pray for some amazing, amazing people, Jesus, who made it their mission to make Jesus known, who made it their mission to come to a foreign place that they knew, I guess, but to do something foreign, something outside the norm, to plan a church and take every risk they could possibly think of, knowing that you would be faithful. Jesus, would you be with them? As they go into what's next, I pray for your peace. I pray for your assurance, God, that what they're doing is is led by you. God, I pray for favor. I pray that as they go on to what's next, whether it's job searches or houses or moving or whatever it is, I just pray that it would go smooth. I just pray, Jesus, that you would just make a way where there is no way. Jesus, we are better people, better followers, better believers, better husbands and wives, brothers, sisters, people. As these people have modeled what it means to know you and to love you and to serve you. So Jesus, today, as we say, see you later, and we wait for our paths to cross again, Jesus, we just pray that you would wrap your arms around them, protect them, watch over them, as I know you're going to do the same with every single person in this room. You are faithful, Jesus. You'll be faithful for the Vincents. We pray, Jesus, that you would be with them today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we give it up for this amazing, amazing family? Well, we got that out of the way. Good grief. Oh my gosh, I'm sitting here at worship like, band, please keep going, because I don't know if I can do this right now. 
But we did it. So that's out of the way. Thank you guys for coming. There's some cake out there. Some of y'all believe me for a second. Man. We are really, really excited for all that's going to be happening here in the next seven days. Um, it's kind of surreal to me uh, that Easter is seven days away. Um, it kind of feels like I was just December when Chris was like, all right, man, I'm going to download everything I got for you to become a lead pastor. And uh, now we're here, and it kind of is a little surreal, I guess you could say. But I probably should introduce myself if you don't know me. Uh, my name is Derek, and I am the uh, soon-to-be lead pastor here. And we are just really excited and honored that you would decide to, to come here and honor the Vincents. Because, um, like I said, honestly, this is a testament to this amazing, amazing family. Uh, that, that we can we had to pull out every single chair we owned um, and then steal the chairs from the kids' ministry about a little bit ago. So the kids are like, why are all these people in here? And uh, they're there, but they're all good. So... Um, thank you guys for being here. We're really, really excited for all that is ahead uh, for the Bridge Church. And so uh, I just want to let you know what's going on here in the next seven days because it's going to be crazy in the best possible way. Uh, Saturday, we have our annual Easter egg hunt. We have not done this for two years because of COVID, but here's what this looks like. On Wednesday, after I preach to our, our youth ministry, uh, we're going to recruit their muscles, and all the chairs you're sitting in are going to be pushed to the sides of the sanctuary, and it's just going to be one big open space with a whole bunch of tarps, and then our decor team's coming in here and transforming this into an Easter egg playland. And we have 5,000 Easter eggs that are going to be going out on Saturday. 5,000, 3,000 of which got stuffed by a lot of you last weekend. It took you 45 minutes to stuff 3,000 Easter eggs. Where's my, yeah. Where are my math majors? That's like, that's like a lot of eggs per minute. But I'm not going to do math because I, 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 I'm not good at that. But here's what I would ask. All right, this is an amazing event for our community. This is an opportunity for us to just bless the community. There's no ulterior motive like, it was sweet, we got him in the doors. That's not how we roll. We just truly want to bless our community and have a place where you can come with your kids, take some pictures, watch them have a great time, and just get to hear about Jesus a little bit. And it's going to be a really, really fun time. And so if you've never done this before, I encourage you to come be a part of it because it's going to be an awesome, awesome time. Uh, you don't have to pre-register, but if you can if you want. And so if you go to Facebook and find our ad, you hit the Learn More button, or go to our website uh, at the Egg Hunt, you can pre-register and, and Get your stuff down, but you do not have to. And then the last thing I would invite you to is Easter Sunday. My hope and prayer is that we're going to keep every single chair up that we have right now because I believe that God's going to do something cool a week from now. I believe God's going to meet you right where you're at, right wherever it's going on in your life. I believe God's going to meet you. I believe that a week from today, we're going to step off the stage and go, man, God did it again. And so whether you're a believer, whether you're a non-believer, whether you're an atheist, whether you're a full-blown believer, there is a spot for you here next Sunday. Because we welcome everybody and we want you to be here because we believe that God wants to meet right where you're at. And so we have two services at 9 o'clock and 10.30, so please come be a part of that. And the last thing I'm going to say before I get off the stage and, and give Chris his last dance, uh, I really hope he doesn't actually physically dance because I've seen that before and it ain't pretty. And he like he knows it too, so like he really embarrasses himself. 
it is a sight to behold. I really, now I kind of hope he dances. Two things I would ask of you this morning. If you are newer to our church, please find these connect cards in the chair in front of you. If you wouldn't mind just filling them out and dropping them off on the boxes in there. Even if you don't regularly attend here, be like, you know what? Um, I just would love some prayer for whatever it is. If you flip it onto the backside, there's a spot for prayers. And uh, or if you want to get connected, all that good stuff. And you can do the same thing with tithes and offerings. We're really excited for all that is ahead. And I, I've been talking about the faithfulness of the Vincents. But the faithfulness of this church is amazing. Because all throughout COVID, all throughout this transition, you guys have been faithful to give. And we've been able to just continue going upwards and planning for the big things that God has. And so I want to thank you for being faithful to all that God's calling you to do. Would you join me in prayer this morning as we hand it off to Pastor Chris here in just a second? God, we are so thankful for you. We love you. We praise you. We worship you. And whatever it is, God, that is going through our brain right now, there's all kinds of emotions. Father, I just pray that today you would meet us here. You're already here in this building. You're already here with us. But God, would you make us aware of who you are and what you're doing in this place? God, we're thankful for you, and we give you this service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. heavy. This is heavy. It's really heavy. Hey, it's good to see you again. It's been a while. Hey, uh, you know, a lot of people were asking and they were saying, hey, what is, uh, you can bring it down a little bit, what, uh, what's the real reason why you're stepping down? And Derek just lied to you. He said there wasn't any drama. And that's not true. There is drama. So let's talk about the drama, shall we, this morning? Who likes drama? Nobody. Good. All right. I, you like drama, Ashley. All right. I like drama too. You can cut it. Thanks, Corey. Here's the deal. I like drama so much, but I want to tell you why. And if you time travel back with me just a little bit, and we go back uh, basically um, when this shirt used to fit. No, when we go back uh, about, you know, just uh, eight years ago, we bought this building. And some people said, Pastor Chris, we need your help. And I said, what do you need my help with? And they said, well, uh, come into the building. And so I came into the building, I walked in and I was like, so amazed at how beautiful this building was. And it was awesome. And they're just showing me everything. And I'm like, this is just amazing. It's so, I'm so grateful for everything you've all done. And, and then it happened. And this is the real reason of why I'm stepping down. As I walked in, not only was it gorgeous and it was great and it was beautiful. People were here, but somebody came up to me and they said, Pastor Chris, we have a problem. And I said, Derek's not even here. Um, I said, well, what's the problem? What's the issue? And they said, something smells bad. 
And I'm like, okay, well, what is it? And they said, we don't know. We can't find the smell. And so I walked in to my time machine back there and, uh, I have a nose like a basset hound, and I was trying to figure out where is the smell coming from. And as I sniffed around, I could not figure it out. And so I continued to go, and finally I went into the back closet. And if you've ever been into the back closet created by Satan and his minions himself in the kitchen, you know what I'm talking about. That's We leave him back there, we stomp on him, and we worship Jesus. And I go back there, and it's the worst smell I've ever smelled in my life. And I can't figure out where the smell is coming from. We got church happening in like a half an hour. And we can't figure it out, so we finally, we call plumber companies, we call septic companies, we call all these people, and the only thing I can think about is the person that's with me in that closet at that time gambled on a fart and lost. That's the only thing I could think of. <laughs> You'll get there. And I realized that wasn't true. The septic company came and said, we don't know where this smell is coming from. And I said... Hey, we got to bring in the plumbing company. They came in. I said, do you know where the smell is coming from? We can't figure it out. So we brought in another plumbing company. We brought in the city of now then in which you purchase a building and deal with your zoning issues. It's totally easy, by the way. (laughs) Love you now then. And I thought, what do we need to do? And so we finally came and we thought, if we just close it and don't think about it, the problem will go away. Oh no, my friend. Oh no. It festered. It got worse. Till we cried every day we walked in here as a staff. And so finally, finally, I'm like, you know what we got to do? We need to bring in the big guns. And so we finally asked some of our family to come in and, and they said, we know what it is. And it was like 22 below zero. And they said, your vent pipes on top of the church building have frozen. I'm like, all right, so what's the solution? We got to unfreeze them. Okay. So we had my son at the time, one of them, Of course, pastor's kids, like any good pastor's kids, love climbing on the roof of a church building, right? And so we sent them up there with a broom handle in hand. And it was solid ice that they had to crumble. And all of a sudden, poof, the gas rose into their face. (laughs) That's why Isaac looks like the Hulk now, if you ever wondered, all right? (laughs) You thought it was the weight room. Sorry, swags. Anyway, we realized at that time we had fixed the problem until next Sunday it happened again. And again, and again, and again. And if there's one problem in this church that I was not able to solve for eight years, it was that stupid smell in that stupid room. I'm going to miss all of you. I'm not going to miss that room. (laughs) Three months ago, I walk into the room and God answers prayer, no matter how stupid your prayers are. And my prayer was stupid. I'm like, Lord, take away the stink, please. So a couple families left and that room got fumigated. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Wow, no filter today. And uh, I walked back to the room and I, I realized the solution and the solution was right in front of me. It wasn't even as complicated as a flux capacitor. It wasn't even as complicated, anything like that. Do you know what it was? Do you know the solution? We figured out the solution three and a half months ago, eight years in to the building process. We figured it out. And so now I know I can leave you on good terms. This is the real reason. Do you want to know the solution to the smell in that back room? Anybody, if you're volunteering, I want to give it to you. This is it. You just open the door. That's all. You open the door. I have no punchline. That's it. Open the door and it vents and it's, that takes care of it. Okay. 
Great Scott, right? That's it. That's all it is. All right. So here's what I want to do with you this morning. Now that I gave you the real reason of why I'm stepping down, it wasn't like God spoke to us and we're trying to follow him and surrender our lives. No, it's about a stinky closet. So just leave it there. But I want you to travel back in time with me a few years even prior to that. Let's go a little bit, a little bit further. John 12, 13, it says, they took palm branches and went out to meet him shouting what? Say it with me, shouting Hosanna. Well, if you know what today is, you know why they were shouting this. Hosanna in the Greek literally means save us. God, save us from our sins. Save us from everything we need to be saved from. Save us from the wrath of God. Save us from what we need to be saved from. Well, Jesus was born in an obscure village. He was the child of a peasant woman, a child of not a real marriage yet, if you will. He worked as a, in the trades as a carpenter for about 30 years, until he was 30. He never said he was sorry. Jesus never did anything wrong. He was compassionate to those who were hurting and confrontational to the religious, and that has not changed. Jesus didn't come to start a new religion, but a personal relationship with you and I. Jesus told people to love their enemies, which I know our world does a great job with that as we see in the news. That was tongue in cheek. I like sarcasm. Jesus forgave people of their sins. He forgave you of yours and me of mine. Jesus claimed that if you lost your life for him, you would find it. Jesus claimed that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Jesus never ran for public office and he never held a public office. But he never gave up on people, did he? Did he? Jesus never gave up on people. Jesus never gave in to temptation. Anybody here never give up on temptation? Yeah, all right, come on. You're in a good place. We've all given in to temptation. Jesus was the only one that did not. Jesus went 30 years without performing a miracle. Jesus was turned over to his enemies. He went through the mockery of a trial. And then Jesus was nailed to a cross between two thieves. While he was dying, his executioners gambled for the only piece of property he had. And then when Jesus had finally died... He was taken down and placed not in his grave, but a borrowed grave that wasn't even his. Jesus had great impact on the world years ago, and he still does today. This is heavy. This is heavy. Let me ask you a question this morning, one of which I want to answer. If we ceased to exist as a church, would St. Francis and the surrounding community miss us? Yeah. Can we give it up? to God for what he's done in and through this church thus far. Come on. We can do better than that. Come on. We have done this. Thank you. We have done this transition very, very well. This man right here has made this transition easy. Him and his wife, the staff, the volunteers, you have made this easy. Yet it's still heavy. But it doesn't surprise God. Can't surprise him. Christ has been honored through the start of the bridge church with just a handful of people and will continue to be honored as the bridge goes on. Too many people here this morning that I know and pastors and friends of mine that are within this audience that have mentored me and have led me. Those of you that have been behind Heather and I through tough times have encouraged us. There's too many people to thank uh, who have supported us in this time, pastors, leaders, and especially obviously my wife and my family. 
The Bridge Church. Well, that's kind of nifty. That's nice. All right. That's really comfy. The Bridge Church. Come on, somebody is turning 12 years old this September. 12 years old. It, uh, it didn't start like this. <laughs> Some of you are here, and I saw you pulling into the parking lot. You were with me at the beginning of those, uh, those days. And so for those of you that missed those days, let's get you caught up. Here's the, this was our church. Church right here. It was in this trailer that we drove back from Michigan to here. And so this was literally what we drove every, the truck was not ours. We sold this eventually. Um, but we drove this trailer every single Sunday to and from St. Francis Elementary, setting up and tearing down, setting up and tearing down for over three years. Derek, you're never going to have to do that until you do plant the church out of here. And uh, that'll happen. All right. Go to the next one here. We have uh, inside the trailer. This was all of our crates. Anybody here remember that? Did your blood pressure just go up? Anybody? Some of you are here and you remember setting up and tearing down and and there were certain ways that you had to roll these, otherwise you'd crunch your fingers and everything fit a certain way. If you didn't have it right in those crates, it, you, you would like injure yourself and, and damage. And, and then you always had that one leader that would like yell at you if you didn't do it just right. I mean, not in our, not in our church, but in other churches, I know. And then uh, go to the next picture. This was church. This was our church for three years. And we thought we were going to be here for at least seven, St. Francis Elementary School. If you recognize the gym, that's where we were at. And we had church in there. Every Sunday, without fail, even when there was ice storms, there was times we set up and there was literally, I looked out and it was just my family. That was it. And I thought, I killed the church. All right. But God has been faithful through and through. Go to the next one here. This was a birthday party for Jesus. And I believe the person that helped put this together, I saw this morning in the parking lot. This was in our, within our first year, it was the second Christmas. And we did this on a Sunday morning. We had the kids come up on the St. Francis Elementary stage. And I don't know if you can tell, but four of my five are up there in this picture. And uh, they look a lot different in this picture. And I can tell you the time goes very, very quickly, very quickly. Eventually they're married and you got to deal with some son-in-law and then you've got... And then you've got uh, your other ones that grow up and they become men of God and they, you can't arm wrestle them anymore because they beat you and all of those things. But you look back and, and I can tell you, I know a lot of you have made sacrifices and investments in this church, but I want to honor my kids this morning because they have done that so much over the past 11 and a half years. Silas, if you keep crying, I'm going to cry too. So I need you to just wait till later. Go to the next one here. Some of you are not going to remember this at all. But we had office space right next to the city hall behind Quick Trip. And we needed office space. We started, um, Heather and I were in the process of building a house. And in that process, we were living with Heather's parents. And I don't know if you've lived with your in-laws. I know my in-laws are watching. I love you. But you can only do that so long. And we're getting ready to move back in with them right now. But here's the deal. We needed office space so we could work and, and have a place for Bible studies and different things. And it was the perfect location for the perfect time. And it was the perfect sign. Well, Derek ripped out the sign two weeks ago now. But um, 
And I was so grateful to see that because he's taken initiative in making the church his, which is awesome. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But we had office space here. Some of you joined me for men's Bible studies in this place. Those are things, and, and I love uh, deep theological hermeneutics discussions that we had in this place. It was phenomenal. And we, we talked about buying the building within this place. And eventually, this building came for sale. And uh, for those of you that helped put it together, it didn't look like this when we first bought it. And it didn't smell like this either, okay? In fact, the smell in that closet was a nice smell when we first bought this because it smelled like boy, like rotten teenage boy because it was the boys choir building there was no stage there was no lights everybody thought we were trying to be like super hipster or whatever with the the hvac over there there was literally nowhere to put that but in the meantime we decided to purchase with the city of now then this property and at that time we said awesome this is our first sunday and the city of now then said no it is not your first sunday And I said, why is that? They said, because we're not going to allow you to have uh, the ability to meet in there yet. We're going to keep the compliance away from you. And I said, why is that? Because we didn't have the HVAC yet. So we had to wait for that to come in. I understand there's a lot of rules and regulations you have to work through. So this was church during the summer, 2013 in the spring, during the summer until we could move in here. And this is uh, Mr. Wallstrom, one of our elders, had just built this. And he goes, I don't know why I built this so big. I wonder if God has a plan. And he called me jokingly saying, hey, if you ever need to use this for church, just call me. And so I called Dick Wallstrom. I called Dick and I said, I got to talk to you about something. And he goes, what's up? And I said, you know how you were jokingly talking about us utilizing this? You remember that, Dick? Yeah. I said, you remember joking about us utilizing your pole shed that you just built that's brand new that you haven't even used yet? And he's like, yeah. I said, thanks. That's all. And about a week later, he calls me and Dick goes, Hey, do you know why a porta potty was just delivered outside the, the shed? <laughs> I said, you'll find out Sunday. All right. What's cool about this, though, the church is not a building, is it? The church is us. It's people that make up the church of Christ. And what was really cool is during this time, we had some amazing families who came and visited who stuck with the Bridge Church. In fact, you'd have Dick and Peggy's chickens welcome you on the way into church while we we're in the middle of nowhere where their house is at. And yet we still had visitors. God was still moving. That wasn't too big for God. Let's move on here. This next one is my son. That's Isaac. And this is the hallway that you walk in back here. Uh, This was carpet glue that he spent hours and days and weeks with me scraping the carpet glue off and getting rid of the moldy carpet so that we could put in uh, these floors that you see now. Go to the next one. Just realize I owe you five bucks. All right. You're sitting in here right now. You recognize it? That was your sanctuary, folks. So I'm sorry we got rid of that cool diamond thing. You know, that's below is all the carpet glue. And so we wanted to, uh, we wanted to salvage that sheetrock. We couldn't do it. So we had to literally go and re-sheetrock and mud and tape everything in here all the way around. And we spent nights doing this. And, and so I just want you to know when you walk in here, Let's just praise God for those that have gone before us and made a way for this all the way from the start, all the way till now. And I want to show you, don't put, don't put the next one up yet. Just wait a second. One of the coolest memories I have of a service is about eight years ago, we had this revelation. We would do Christmas Eve and Christmas Day services and, and none of you would show up. So we were mad at you. And <laughs> what we realized is it wasn't your fault. It was a leadership mishap because what we were trying to do is solve a problem that wasn't there. 
We thought we want to get together to celebrate Christ on uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And you were going, we want to too, but we're going to do that with our family instead. And so we came up with this idea. We said, what if instead we do Christmas on the 23rd? And we did, we called it about eight years ago, our Christmas Eve Eve service. And it's my favorite service of every year. Our band, our worship band does a phenomenal job putting songs and things together. And then uh, we share a message. And then at the end of the night, we traditionally end in candlelight. And, and here's what it looks like every year is like this. And I'll tell you what, uh, I just wanted to take a selfie of everybody in the back there. And, and it's just awesome because it's standing room only. And it's people in the community that call the Bridge Church their home. And this is sometimes the only time they've entered our doors. That's awesome. These are the things I want you to remember when you think of us. Know that God has gone before and will continue to go. Because it's always, always good to look back, isn't it? Isn't it good to look back and see God in every circumstance, maybe even the tough ones in our lives? But then what do we do? We've got to head to the future. As I drop this, got to head to the future. Yeah, well, history is going to change. You see, your history could change this morning. Can I go theologically deep with a few of you this morning? For those, yes or no? Okay, stay with me. If you, if you don't have the Bible all clear, just ask somebody or ask me later. But I want to unpack something. There's two people in the Bible, real simple. I'm going to keep it real simple this morning because I have a lot to share. You have a person named Abram and his wife named Sarai. Abram and Sarai. And God had made a promise to them without them seeing what that looked like. In fact, God even accredited to them that they were righteous. And this is before the law of God was established. And so why were they established righteous? And the only reason I can see is because of God's grace and a relationship that has existed since the beginning and the foundation of creation. That is the God in whom we serve. It's not some God that wants to smack you or is mad at you, but it's a God that's thoroughly in love with you. And that's why he sent his son. And we'll unpack that in a moment. But you had Abram. Everybody say Abram. Feels like it's missing something, doesn't it, when we say it like that? And Sarai. Everybody say Sarai. Well, God was up to something. God had a plan. And God had this promise that through them would be a multitude of generations of people that would serve Christ. And, and in fact, as you look through Christ, uh, you know, basically his lineage, it goes back through Abraham. And what's interesting is Why? And I want you to see this. And so we're just, we're just going to go deep just for a moment here this morning. Genesis chapter 17, the first part of verse 5 says, No longer will you be called Abram. Say it with me. Your name will be called Abraham. That's how we know him. That's how we hear his name. Contrarily here, just in a few verses later, verse 15, God also said to Abraham, As for Sarah, your wife, you're no longer to care, call her Sarah. Say it with me. Her name will be Sarah. I want you to catch this, and maybe you're familiar with this, but this is really cool. God's name in the Hebrew is Yahweh. And what's happening here is what God is really doing is he is literally changing their history. He's changing the meaning of their name in such a magnificent way that you would say, great Scott. Okay, you literally would say that because what he's doing is he's putting his name Yahweh into their name. So you have Abram, okay, now you have Abraham, uh, Yahweh, the uh part of God's name, he literally put into their name. So you go from Sarai to Sarah, Ab, okay, Abram to Abraham. And so I just want you to see a little, little Hebrew lesson for you this morning. Why is that important? Why does that matter? 
Because what God has done is he's put himself into the story. And I want to have an invitation for you to let God put himself into your story today. That's what it's about. It's about your story and lining that up with God's will for your life. You see, I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't grow up there. And yet God got a hold of this kid's heart. Okay. I married a closet evangelist. She won't even say she's an evangelist. But if you go back to my yearbook as I was like a heathen child and I was doing things I shouldn't and dating people I shouldn't and doing everything I shouldn't do, she not only like wrote in my yearbook on every single flipping page, she wrote upside down to make her point across. For one, I want you to know who Jesus is. And two, you better want to marry me, boy. That's what she did. And both ended up great. Okay. She's a closet evangelist and she gets her way. All right. But before I read that, before I came to a relationship with Jesus, I thought, because this is even what some churches taught me, that I could be good enough. I, what if I love people enough? What, what if I do enough? What, what if I went to church enough? Then, then I wouldn't go to hell. I'd go to heaven. That'd be my free ticket because I finally arrived. I finally made it. Well, the problem is that's not true. That's not truth. I, I was wrong, and I admit that. Acts chapter 4, verse 12, Luke writes this. He says, salvation is found in no one else. You see, if I could do it myself, then salvation would be found in me. And it can't be found in me. It can only be found in Christ. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Can I hear a good amen, somebody? Come on. Amen. All right. Christ did not change history. He fulfilled it. There's a difference. Okay. More often than not, I have seen people not see their value in our community, not see their potential, or even realize how loved they are by God. And I'm like, I just want to take them. I want to pick them up and I want to, I want to just shake them. And I say, do you realize how loved you are? Do you realize how awesome you are? Do you realize the potential that's within you? And I just like want to slug them across the face to get that potential out, but I can't do that because I'll end up in jail. How many know people like that? How many know people? Come on, anybody know somebody that's got that potential? How many are going, I know you're talking about me right now. <laughs> yeah, all right. We're room filled with those people that have such this potential. And we go, I'm not, I'm not worth it. I, Pastor Chris, if you knew everything I did, if you know what I've done, then, then you, you would know that it's, it's probably too late for God, you know? Even if God had a time machine and he could go back in time and fix it, he, he just won't because I'm not worth it. I've heard stuff like that. God's worth for you equals this. He's put a price tag on it, is giving up of his one and only son. He said, you know what you're worth? Giving up the thing I love the most. That's how much you're worth. He's already put a price. If you're wondering what's your value, God already told you. That's finished. It's done. He told you. Guess what? Jesus knows your sin. Sorry to break it to you. Even that closet sin that no one else knows about which I know none of us have. You can't fool God. Okay. You might be able to fool somebody else, but you can't fool him. He knows of that sin already. And yet he doesn't look away. He still looks at you with kindness and love and gentleness. And yeah, he'll convict you, but that's important because he wants you in the good moments, the bad moments. He knows everything about you, everything about you, all of it. So stop thinking, man, I got to be perfect. I, I, I just have to be perfect. Where God's looking at you say, you are perfect the way you are, okay? And realize he's going to meet you 
where you need to be met. Jesus didn't die for who we pretend to be. He died for who we really are. When you're faking it to make it, Jesus is already looking past that, bro. He's already looking past that, sis. The real question isn't whether or not he knows you, but do you know him? Do you know him? Do you know Jesus? And I'm not talking, well, I know about him. He's like this dude that like forgives sins. I know him. He's cool. No. Like, do you know him? Do you have a relationship? Here, here's how to know. A litmus test, whether you know Jesus or not. If God has ever offended you, then you know him. Because God wants to offend you because he loves you. He wants, to, he wants to lead you to a place where you haven't been yet before and love you along the way. Do you have an intimate relationship with him? Us guys, when I, re- when I read intimate relationship with Jesus, there's part of this guy that's just, my testosterone cringes when I say that, okay? Like, oh, you got to have an intimate relationship with Jesus. I'm, I'm a dude. That's weird. But I believe real men are completely and 100% committed and not only love Christ, but are in love with Christ. That's a real man. John chapter 10, 27. Here's the other part of the test. My sheep, God just called us all sheep. Listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. If Jesus is calling us sheep, then what is he saying about himself? That he's the shepherd, that's right. Do you know him as shepherd? You see, when we know him as shepherd, Does it mean that we don't sin, that we don't fall short? No, we still do. We don't try to, but we do. We follow his ways. We follow the word, but we still make mistakes and we ask for forgiveness. And we keep running in stride. We continue on. We keep going. And and then how many of us get out of the pen on occasion? As sheep, we run the wrong way. We go our own way. We've all done it. What does God do in that moment? It says biblically, he leaves the 99 to chase after the one that got out. Anybody here never got out? You're just like that perfect rule follower? No, we've all, we've all made that mistakes. He leads us. When we run the wrong way, he leads us the right way. So this morning, you could change your family tree today with a real decision to follow and confess Christ. The Bible says when we believe in our hearts and we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, then we're saved. We're saved from what? means we're saved from God's wrath. means that we get to be in heaven because when he looks at us, he sees his son. And so here's what I want to do. I have a lot more I want to share, but in the middle of my message, I don't want to have like some emotional freaky thing. I just want this to be real right now between you and me. Don't look around. Just look at me right now or, or close your eyes if you want. But I just want to ask every eye open. You can close it if you want, but there's no shame. This is a safe place. If this morning, right now, right now in the middle of the message, you're going, hey, you know what, Pastor Chris? I know I need to make it right with God. I know that I need to accept Christ. I know I need to follow him. I need to correct it. I want everybody looking around at everybody right now. Okay, we're all family, all right? Even if you're new here, welcome. How many know that they need to make it right with Jesus today? Would you just slip up your hand wherever you're at right now? Come on, eyes open. Don't be brave. Come on, listen real high. Come on, look around, everybody. Can we give God some praise? Look around right now. Come on. Thank you. Thank you for being bold, okay? God, right now, you see those hands. Lord, I don't know how many people right now just raise their hands, but you see them and you want them to know you and you meet them right where they need to be met, God. And I pray they'd follow you all the days of their life. Jesus, forgive us. We've fallen short. We've sinned. We've made mistakes, but lead us, Lord, not into temptation, but where you want us to go. Father, thank you for your forgiveness and thank you for sending your son, 
Jesus so that we can have eternal life. That is the only way. Hey, before I go on, can we do this? Because I tell you what, when somebody says yes to a relationship with Jesus, I want you to go tell somebody else now because it's not only in your heart, it's confessing it. It's saying it with somebody. But you know what happens in heaven? The angels celebrate and they party. So I, I know you guys honored us. We're going to honor Derek and pray for him. And I got some more I want to share. But before I go on, can we do this? Even if you're uncomfortable with it, just, just join us. Can we just give God the biggest praise for what just happened and what continues to happen in this church? Come on, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Jesus fulfilled history, and history is about to change here as well. You see, we searched for 18 months. 18 months! Ah, For the right associate pastor. We interviewed person after person after person after person, tiresomely with an entire group of people. 18 months later... This dude arrives. (laughs) You know, it's maybe one of the only pictures I look a little bit better looking than you than we have. Just a little. Derek arrives. And I'm like, dude, this, this guy is the real deal. And so we talk over the phone. We hire him. A lot of you know the story. If not, he'll share it. I got other stuff I got to share. He shows up. And I, I said, what, what's our first day looking like, Pastor Chris? And I said, Derek, he goes, what do you need? And he said, what do you really need? And I said, I know you're going to do your stuff. You're going to lead our youth ministry. You're going you know, to lead and you're going to help me. You're going to assist. And, and he's done all of that. But I said, what I really need is a friend in ministry. And he's like, cool. So what are we doing the first day? So we're going fishing. <laughs> and so... We, we put on the boat, and I said, however, I said, however, we got to make one stop. So this was Pastor Derek's first day on staff at the Bridge Church, other than a Sunday. He said, what are we doing? I said, well, we're going to go up. My family has a lake that we fish with huge crappies. It's called, and so we went up there. <laughs> and so we, we get up to the lake, and, and uh, I charge 5000 per hint. And uh, we get up there, and I said, hey, just on the way, I said, I need to stop at my mom and dad's house for a minute. He goes, why? What's up? And I said, my mom's dying. And my mom had stage four cancer at the time. And I said, I just want to stop in. I just want to pray with her, kiss her on the forehead. We don't know how long she has. And so I walk in and Derek, I didn't know Derek really. I didn't know like if he was a real deal, if he was like, you know, a serial killer trapped in a pastor's body. I didn't know him yet. So I left him in the car. I didn't, I, I didn't allow him into our house yet. And and I didn't want him to feel awkward either, you know. He doesn't know me yet. I could be some wacko pastor. And so I, I walk in to my mom and dad's home uh, north of here, uh, that way, because I don't want you to know what lake it's by. And I walk in, and, and I go, and I kiss my mom on the forehead. I pray with her, and I get back in the van with Derek, and we take our, my teeny little boat, and we go fishing on the lake. And while we're fishing there, I get a, a phone call about, I think it was like an hour or two later, and my mom had passed. And I remember looking at Derek, and I just, I just said, oh, I was working really hard to make it through this part. I just said, I know there's a reason you're here that's bigger than either of us know. And I can tell you what, 
our relationship in that moment went from two dudes that didn't know each other from at all to best buds who want to conquer the world and have each other's back. And it's been that way. I know we joke and he jokes about how old I am. I joke about how young he is. And truth be told, God doesn't care how old or young we are. He just cares. He just cares. And that day, I'll never forget because that was the day that started Derek's employment here. And I knew God had something. I, I didn't know. We had no idea it was going to look like this. Derek, you're the real deal. You are loving to so many people. You have a heart for people of all ages. You have a heart for the lost. You have a heart for people to be discipled. You have a heart for people to make it right with Christ. You have a heart for people to connect with him on a level that they never have before. You're sensitive, yet you're bold and have what it takes. God is already utilizing you in a new way, even before you step into this lead role. God's literally, by the way, demoting you from associate to lead. That's how it works, all right? No, he's promoting you. He's giving you something. And I know you never entered associate ministry. I never did either, even youth ministry as a stepping stone. But God has used that and he's used your faithfulness. Last Sunday, and I've told you this a couple times now, something changed. Something happened where the anointing of God was on you because you were obedient. And if you missed last Sunday, you need to listen to the message because Derek did not preach to you as an associate pastor last Sunday. He preached to us as a lead pastor and he was anointed for it. He's a runner. I'm not. I like pizza too much. And so for him, he has constantly been in stride, running one step in front of the other and step of the other. And God has honored that run. And I just want you to know that I have never been more proud of who we are handing the reins to this church. And that's you and your wife and your family. You guys are going to freaking kill it. And so do everything in your power, but obviously rely on his. And, uh, Sure, more about that in, the, in a moment. But let me ask you this. And by the way, I'm going over today and I don't care. Um, so if you're thinking we're done at 1130, no. Um, what about you? What about you? Are you surrendering yourself to let God use you now and in your future? Your future is whatever you make it. So make it a good one. In one week, we're going to celebrate the resurrection of Christ. The ultimate power of the Holy Spirit to raise someone from the dead. I don't, I don't, that's about as most miraculous thing as I can think of, all right? Other than when my wife says, fine, me actually interpreting it. That's, that's about on the same level. How are you doing, honey? I'm fine. Which fine is it today? <laughs> I'm fine. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm going to the gym. Um... <laughs> Jesus had friends. He was personal when he walked the earth, and he wants to be our friend today. He wants to be your brother in Christ and him. Well, he had this friend named Lazarus, and Lazarus unfortunately dies, and we're not going to get into the whole story, but Lazarus thought his history was done. (laughs) He was history, if you will. He was dead. No future to make. John chapter 11 says this. When When he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice. Remember, Lazarus is dead. Lazarus, come out. What's going on? The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a horror movie. 
here's this guy that's raised from the dead and he's walking out of the tomb and, and you're like seeing him walk towards you. Were you not like freak out in this moment? And Jesus is just like, nah, he's not dead. He's just taking a nap. Jesus, you're crazy. You're crazy. No, I just raised him from the dead. It's all good. What? You can do that? Yeah, I'm, I'm Jesus. I can do that. Like, yeah. But here's what I want you to catch. The raising of Lazarus from the dead was restoration. He was restored. Every time in the Bible somebody died and was healed or somebody was leprous and healed, anytime something happened, they were restored to life. Lazarus was 30 years old when he passed away. And when, when Jesus brought him back to life, he lived another 30 years because he had purpose. But Lazarus would still eventually die. Well, thanks. That's really encouraging. It actually is, and I want to show you why. Because when Jesus rose, which Derek's going to talk about next Sunday, I'm sure, it was to never die again. There's a difference. The resurrection is transformation. It's not restoration. The resurrection isn't to restore, it's to transform. Think about it like this. If you're familiar with the story of the resurrection, Mary of all people, didn't recognize Jesus. And some scholars say, oh, she had blurred vision. She was crying. It, maybe it was, it was a little bit dark. But there seems to have been something different about the risen Jesus when he wasn't recognized. The two disciples on the road to Emmaus, it says in both Luke and Mark, they kept, were kept from recognizing him. This is talking about the, resurrect, the resurrected Christ. The disciples in the boat on the lake didn't recognize the man that they hung out with all the time on the shore. Why? Because Jesus wasn't restored, he was transformed. He was transformed. They had seen, some of them, Peter, James, and John, had already seen something like this on what's known as the transfiguration. The disciples saw Jesus on a mountain. They worshiped, but it said some doubted. Why would they doubt if they knew who he was? Because Jesus didn't look the same. You see, Christ's resurrection was not simply a coming back from the dead, but rather when he rose from the dead, Jesus became, began a new life in which he was made perfect, no longer subject to weakness, no longer subject to aging, and no longer subject to death, to never die again, but live forever. That's the power of the transformation of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. Are you with me this morning? That's what it is. Now... My desire is that you have an ongoing relationship. Those that raised your hand, those that have made a commitment, have that ongoing relationship with them. It's not just a once and done thing. And though here's the resurrected Christ walking the earth 2,000 years ago, and some of them didn't recognize Jesus, I'm afraid that today we wrestle to recognize him as well. And if we understood the level to which he loved us, we would not hesitate to enter in a journey with him in our life. Even if that's stepping down from something you've seen God do incredible things with and taking a risk and, and, and following a dream God's put on your heart for some reason that's unbeknownst to us still. Here's my prayer for you today. I just have a few more things I want to share. First, realize you were born an original. Do not die a copy. You're born an original. Don't die a copy. Don't follow somebody else. Follow him because God has gone before you. He's with you. He's gone ahead of you. He doesn't have a time machine. He's done it on his own, preparing good things in advance for who you are, not just to do, but for you to live out. Second is this, and you've heard me say this over and over and over and over. Four things. Know God. 
Know him, not just about him. Find freedom. What is it that you need freedom from? Well, I don't need freedom, but I know who does. No, no, time out. Take personal responsibility for the freedom that you need. Discover your purpose. Why are you here? Why has God put you here? This is one thing I love when I'm talking to agnostics or atheists is I just asked them, I said, hey, can you tell me what your purpose is? And they're trying to figure that out. And I said, you have more faith than I do being an agnostic or an atheist. Like mine's written in a book and Jesus has already proved himself to me over and over again. It's really easy, actually, the faith journey I'm on. And then make a difference. Make it, you can have a positive impact or a negative impact. Let's have a positive impact. See, Heather and I, we're taking a risk. She's planning on teaching again. And I'm seeking Christ right now on, on my personal journey. We are moving to the sunshine state of Florida. Please don't hate us. You're welcome. Which is a dream, but it's not just that. It's something that God has been stirring in us for a long time, for a long time. And we want to ask for your prayer during this time. If you ask, what, what do the Vincents need? We need your prayer that we can hear God clearly. We want to have impact as well. Now, we're going to take a vote this morning. You might say, oh, are we voting Derek in? No, we, it's not in our bylaws. He's automatically, and in two years from now, you vote him in. So make sure you stay here. So we're going to vote. Yays will have it, the na- or the nays will have it. So it's up to you right now. So I'm warning you about what I'm about to say. You have been officially warned. All right. Can I leave you with a few last random, practical, maybe step on your toes things? The nays, the yays. You accepted that. This is on you now. These are not in any order. When the worship leader claps, Clap with them. <laughs> you said yes. I was warning you. Derek and Meg are putting themselves on the front lines. You might say, what do they need? I'm going to tell you this right now. You need to offer. I'm not joking. This is not a joke, okay? You need to offer them free babysitting. Okay. Now I'm going to, I'm going to put a preface in there before Meg kicks me. They might not want you to babysit their kids. <laughs> Don't get offended. Pay for who they want to have babysit their kids. <laughs> Pastor Derek has shared with me vision for this church. We spent a week together intensely Down in a hotel in Florida. That sounds really weird. (laughs) Anytime him and I go in a pastor's conference, by the way, we always make sure it's by a beach. And we walk the beach and we get some really weird looks. And the looks are like, if that is a gay couple, one is really old and one is really young. And what I officially say right away is I talk boldly about my wife in that time and that she's back home with the kids as we walk by somebody on the beach, just to make it clear. Anyway, while we were in that hotel room together (laughs) and on the balcony in the pale moonlight. No, (laughs) 
We were having spaghetti. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> when the moon hits your eye, <laughs> too far. And uh, he was sharing me what he wants for this church, what he wants for you in this community. And it's something that is needed, and that's connection, especially as in a post-COVID world. You've heard me say that if you don't connect, you'll disconnect, and you need connection. He's got some awesome things coming his way. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to bug him about it. I want you to say, what was Chris talking about last Sunday? What is it that you're doing? What is it? Because don't wait until it's done. Get a part, be a part of it now. Be a part of the planning process. What do you need to, how can I help you lead this? How can I be a part of this? That's what you're called to do. Get connected, not only with God, but with each other. Okay, a few more. You're doing good. Those were some funny ones. When you say, God told me, and you play the God card. God told me this. God told me that. And when you say it to a pastor, we instantly know you didn't. My wife's laughing. Confirm it with the word of God and with your pastor. Well, God told me we're called to go here. No, you didn't. You're holding it on offense and you're being dumb. Get it right. Oh, it's getting too real. Can I say nay now? Can I say nay? Can I go back? You see, we don't, we don't use God's name in vain today by saying, oh my God. We use God's name in vain today by saying God told me to protect our preference and not live out his principle. And so I challenge you, wherever you're at, whether you're part of this church or another church, to live out his principle and die to your preference. Tithe. What's a tithe? Give to God. I don't care if you're at the bridge or another church. Give to him your first fruits. If you don't, the Bible says you're robbing from him. I'm not asking to give because we need it financially. You, we have some of the most generous people in the world in this church. Okay? We say all the time, ask, what would God have me to give? I'm answering that for you right now. He wants you to give at least 10% and give of your first fruits and watch him open up the heavens and bless you. And I'm not talking prosperity necessarily or financial, but in other and many different ways. And so don't rob him, give to him. You okay? Give me a thumbs up if you're okay. All right, you're good. Half of you are okay. All right. And by the way, thank you for those that are generous and to give above and beyond. Just have a couple more. Be okay with someone correcting or challenging you. But realize that is not your spiritual gift. Got really quiet in here. All the pastors in here are like going to pay me like 50 bucks after this message. All right. It is not your spiritual gift to correct Derek if and when you think he gets something wrong. That's the Holy Spirit. Pray for him. There will be times he gets it wrong. There will be times I get it wrong. There will be times you get it wrong. The most vulnerable time for a pastor is Sunday and Monday. And so when you go, man, the spiritual gift I have, it's not your spiritual gift. But when you feel like I need to share feedback and something that's out of God's principle, not your preference, then wait until at least Tuesday or Wednesday, maybe even Thursday, and call him. Don't text him. Don't email him. Even say, hey, can I just talk this out? Maybe, maybe I, I didn't follow fully. Can you help me understand? Can I hear a good amen, please? 
Come on, come on. Yeah, we're going to applaud on that one. Come on. Discern if your feedback is God's principle or preference. We already said that. And the last one is this. Deal with your unforgiveness. Hurt people hurt people. We know that. If you have unforgiveness in your heart, God's calling you to deal with that. Deal with your unforgiveness. Last, realize we exist for those that do not yet know Jesus. That's what the church is. We are the only organization in all the world that exists for those who are not yet its members. God loves lost people, so should we. Even those ones we don't like. That is the power of God's love. I want to end with a poem. The poem is called The Power of Love. It's written by Huey Lewis and the News. And I pray that every time you hear this poem on the air, that you know God is chasing you down. This is it. This is all I got. This, this is the end of my message. And I went 15 minutes over. 16, 17. All right. But I'm going to change one word. And every time you hear it, every time you watch the best movies ever invented by mankind, every time you turn on KQRS, you sinner, and you listen to <laughs> classic rock, Every time that you're in the mall and you hear this song come on or you start thinking about it, I want you to remember this moment that God is chasing you down because he loves you that stinking much. Here we go. Don't get ahead of me because some of you know the lyrics already. The power of God's love is a curious thing. Make a one man weep, make another man Sing. Change a hawk to a little white dove. I love that. Thank you, Huey Lewis. More than a feeling, that's the power of God's love. Don't need money. You don't take fame. You don't need a credit card to even ride his train. In other words, it's not about you. God's love is strong and God's love is sudden. Can even feel cruel sometimes. But it might just save your life. That's the power of God's love. That's the power of God's love. One more stanza. First time you feel God's love, it might make you sad. First, next time you might feel God's love, it might make you mad. But do be glad, baby, when you found that's the power that makes the world go round. Amen. Amen. I want to invite onto this stage your new lead pastors and their family. Come on up, give it up for them. <laughs> Heather, can you come up with me? Don't take money. Don't. Hey guys. Hi Parker. What's up, Alice? Anybody can you give me five? No, I won't either. It's all good. All right. So today we get to honor this transition, this baton handoff, if you will, for those that are track coaches. Derek and Meg have become family and, and friends. 
you don't know them, they're, they're an amazing couple. I know we have a lot of family and friends here today, but we have a lot of people here that have been supporting them. We haven't just been full as a church today. We've been full the last couple of Sundays because people are here to honor and they're behind the mums because they're ready to see what God wants to do even more in and through this church. And I just want to speak prophetically over you right now for a moment. I believe firmly that God is only going to continue to grow you inwardly and outwardly. You're going to see something that you've never expected coming. You're going to see growth in your heart and your ministry. That's not numeric, but it's health, but it's also numeric. It's those that have not yet known Christ that see you running your race. It's not only teenagers, but it's those that are older that say this man has wisdom beyond his years and are willing to follow you within a few years, maybe even shorter. You will have to have a building project. You will have to figure out how to have more space. You will have to figure out how it's going to work, how it's going to look. And you're going to have some of the most generous people in the world that are behind you and your family that are going to bless you and love you. And God is going to protect you. And your family is only going to grow stronger and more united as you go. And so lean into the Holy Spirit as he has paved the way for what you're about to walk into and do. You didn't expect this to happen, but this is not a surprise to your Savior. Will you do this with me this morning? One of the things that you do, go ahead, you can clap for these guys first. We're going to clap for them again in a minute. Derek talked about when you guys prayed for us that we put out our hand. It's not just like a cool, like churchy thing we do. The reason we do that is we put out our hand because it's the way that God is flowing through us. We're an extension of him. And so what we want to do this morning is ask every person in this room. I don't want anybody not doing this this morning. Okay. I can make you feel weird because I'm leaving. So I want you to put your hand out as an extension of God's hand right now. And, and know that God is working in and through you as we pray for this couple right now. All right. Okay. You know what? I want you to do this. Will you stand as we do this? Come on. Some of you already stand. Stand up. Dear God, I thank you so much for Parker, for who she is. Lord, she, she is a part of this journey. Lord, she's on this journey with you. So is Ellis. God, and they are... They're not an obstacle in this, but they're a part of this journey. They get to be a part of this ministry. They are a family-led ministry, and their hearts are to see families. Their hearts are to see those that don't know you. Their hearts are to grow and disciple people. And this morning, as we install Pastor Derrickson Meg into this position as lead pastor, would you protect their family? Would you protect their health, physical health, mental health, spiritual health, would you give them everything that they need and more to lead and to lead well? Lord, the naysayers, keep them away. Those that, that don't believe are so few anyway, but those that believe, surround them, empower them. Holy Spirit, I thank you for what you want to do in and through them. I thank you, Lord, that we get to pass a baton to a family that you have called to do this. Lord, you don't call the qualified, you qualify the called, and that's exactly what you've done here this morning. So take them into a place, Lord, of peace and of grace. Lord, that those that, that jokingly say, oh, you have no idea how hard it's going to be. You have no idea what you're getting yourself into in all this. May they ignore that because they see it differently. They know you're different. So we pray for them and we install them today in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
Amen. Don't applaud yet. Don't applaud yet. You can put your hands down. Just wait. Stand up. You got to hand off Ellis for one second. There's one more thing I need to do because what we have to do this morning is we are literally passing the mantle. And this, by the way, I don't know if you were here a few years ago, we did a disco service. Yeah. <laughs> Where Pastor Derek and I wore wigs and, and we geeked out. And that was like his first you know, couple months on staff with me. And his name was Big Grace. Everybody say Big Grace. Pastor Derek or Big Grace, either work, all right? That needs to carry on. I'm the only one that says it, or BG for short. I call them BG all the time, all right? Not BGs, just BG. But I want to anoint you as something that's very important to me this morning. So I'm going to, just as Elijah did to Elisha this morning, is give you that mantle. got this. Love you guys. We love our pastor. Woo! <laughs> Before it was hard. Good grief. You want to say hi? I say, want to say hi? You know, when I used to get dressed for middle school track meets and stuff, I'd have to borrow my dad's dress clothes. And my dad used to say, uh, look like you're wearing your dad's shirt. I feel that right now. <laughs> there aren't enough words to describe how thankful I am for you guys. And they're hungry and they're ready to get out of here. But I just want to say thank you on behalf of all of the Bridge Church, on behalf of all of you that are not a part of the Bridge Church, you have left a legacy that will extend far beyond. At some point, this building is going to come down. But what happened here is never going to come down. And I'm thankful for you guys. I'm thankful for believing in our family. I'm thankful for all that you are. And we're excited to honor you today. So will you give it up for the Vincents one more time? This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.